This week on The Clubhouse, we continue our stadium series as we chat about the newest ballpark in the majors, Marlins Park, the home of the Miami Marlins. Anthony is currently touring the country with his hit Broadway musical, If Then. Go to ifthenthemusical.com tour to find out when he is coming to your town. Over the next several months, Anthony and I will be dedicating one episode to every team and will be discussing why we think you should visit each and every one of their home ballparks. We are also including episodes from my Rounding Third podcast, which features interviews with fans I met as I made my 17,000-mile drive across this country to attend a game at all 30 stadiums. There are also some truly amazing guests that we have lined up for our regular episodes that we'll be dropping every couple of weeks or so. This episode was recorded in my apartment in New York City. Blue Jays win it! Touch them all, Joe! You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life! Got him! 20 strikeouts! He ties the Major League record! There it goes! See ya! I don't believe what I just saw! And he's out by five feet at the plate! And that was the worst base running in the history of the game! Fly ball, left field, it's wow. deep! Welcome to the show, everybody. It is a wonderful day for baseball. My name is Manish Jane, and sitting now on the floor next to me is Mr. Anthony Rath. It's comfortable on the floor, Manish. It's very comfortable on the floor. So uh, on today's uh, podcast, we are going to be chatting with you a little bit about the Miami Marlins and Marlins Park. The only good thing I have to say, (laughs) it's a very good thing. There's a really nice little food court area of uh, Latino food because, as we, as most people probably are aware, Miami has a, a very large Latin American population, um, and so there's really good. Like I had really delicious ceviche and plantain chips, and you know, so there's that is pretty much the only good thing. <laughs> About Marlins Park. <laughs> Starting it off raw. I love it. Yeah, it's just you know, the truth. I he's think, not wrong. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, we don't, I don't rank exactly, but it, it, if I had to <laughs> say, it's probably the, it's probably the worst National Ooh. League park. Ooh. Wow. It's sec, it's second, or it's like at the bottom. It's wow. at the bottom. Wow. Okay. That's National, for the National League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strong, strong, strong. words from, from Mr. The, Anthony The Rath. colors. We talked about it. Like, we did, yeah. You know, so we're going to keep this one a little bit short because oh, we did talk the, about, the, we, we, the we visited colors, Marlins Park the together. Scheme. The roof. And we got into it with a with a local guy. <laughs> we were sitting there. Oh, I wish we could have gotten him on the show. Yeah. Yeah, he was because I forget if you if you got lippy with him. I absolutely did not. I you you or? know me. I'm always very very friendly and I'm always very. But happy. you got you definitely quipped him a little bit. I, mean, about, I, look, like, I may have yeah, said something. Oh, I think really. I may have said something about hey, why is the roof open? Or yeah, like and that. he's like he, he got was like angry. He was just like, no, we want the roof closed because we like you. I don't like my back sticking to the seat. Blah, 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 blah. And he went on for like a good five or six yeah, minutes. Like was, it was, yeah. it, it was. He would not let it go. And once again, I'm a friendly, jovial guy. I was like, it's. I'm. I didn't mean to offend. It's. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. It's a bad place. Well, <laughs> it's a bad place. <laughs> I and mean, when I was I was tuning in the other night just because I like to tune into all sorts of games, especially this point in the season where there's like division races and stuff, and I just check in with different games and sure. just, again on TV on the little you know TV 
just seeing the col- the the particular green. You know, there's a lot of green in ballparks. Yeah, but the it green, is a very odd the choice. green in Marlins Park is like a it is a pukey green. It's like a neony pukey yellow green. That's you know, terrible. It's it's. The first time I went to Marlins Park, which was on my 30 stadium tour, I mean, it was a brand new park. It was an absolutely brand new park. I went there in its uh, second year of existence, and it's the newest park uh, up until, you know, the, the Cobb County Braves build their, their new ballpark there. Uh, and I think, that they, I think that they thought they were going to be this generation's Camden and that they were going to change the way that, that ballparks were made. And I'll tell you this. I mean, my expectations weren't very high. Uh, it was my first retractable roof game, and I was ridiculously disappointed that they had the roof closed, which I believe uh, you're going to probably hear me uh, kvetch about that on the rounding third ep- uh, part of this this podcast. But, you know, it was really f- frustrating to me because they they pretty much closed it from April, uh, like from mid to late April until mid to late September. It's pretty much a domed stadium. And inside, you know, uh, for the game that Anthony and I went together, they had completely taped off the upper deck. You couldn't even get to the upper deck. So, I mean, to and, even just walk around and get yeah, a view. So, yeah. so, like, when I go to ballparks, I love walking on every level of the ballpark that I can. And because I always get to the ballpark two hours early or as early as they will let me in. And that's how I experience the ballpark. And I mean, to be honest with you, so that's that's how I was able to get uh, my my uh, baseball wall calendar that is still for sale, and you can still buy it. Uh, check out roundingthird.net. Um, but it's that's how I got those pictures. Is I would go to all these ballparks and go to the, the the highest level that I could get to, and take a nice, great, beautiful wide shot of all the parks. And uh, I'm I'll be doing a I'll, I'll announce it here, I guess. I'll be doing a 2017 calendar version of my calendar. And I was trying to snap a photo of Marlins Park to include in the calendar, and I couldn't get up there. They would, I, I, I was, they, it was just shut off because they weren't selling well, and they just, they, they didn't staff that part of the ballpark, I guess, and so you couldn't walk to the upper deck. You're a professional franchise. What are you doing? Also, the, 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 the grass was almost yellowish, and it's in like a practically a tropical place. It really doesn't make any sense to me, and and. You know, I once again, I like to say something positive about all 30 parks. The food. The food, I will maintain. When people ask me, Manish, blah, 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 what's your favorite X, Y, and Z? The food, I've now been to Marlins Park. I mean, sadly, I've now been there about eight or nine times. Uh, I've been there way too many times for a ballpark that I don't particularly enjoy. But every time that I go, I get a different meal. I have never had a bad meal at Marlins Park. It is probably the best food in the entire country. Not saying that there is one meal specific that is better than anybody else's, but as far as choices and as ranges of food and uniqueness of, of uh, uh, cuisine, it is absolutely delicious. And I also, there, there was a nice feature that was um, there, like on the columns absolutely, in the yes. concourse um, were, were like portraits of the starting lineup. Of yeah. the starting nine, and I thought that was a that was a that was I don't remember seeing that anywhere. More else. parks need to do that. Some you know, certain parks have at City Field when you walk up the escalators, um, the the uh, starting lineup is they've got giant baseball card versions of them. Uh, in uh, Nationals Park, they've got uh, the lineup uh, posted some places. Some parks do it, some parks don't. Some of them will do it on the scoreboard, obviously before the game. But yeah. I think that's something that all thirty parks should adopt is is finding cool and unique different ways to showcase the starting lineup. I think that would really add an extra level. Of, of just uh, ambiance to 
the ballpark. And there were also there was also a really fun group of fans sitting, <laughs> ba- you know, <laughs> sitting behind us for a little while. They were great, and they were like, they you know their their team was getting destroyed that night, and but they had a great you know sort of joyful baseball attitude about their team getting destroyed and they were just they were a lot of fun they had a lot there of are, i mean there are a lot of you know there there are a lot of fun fans in 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 a place like Miami because you can get pretty cheap tickets and so you are attracting a younger fan base you're attack, attracting 20s and 30s somethings that can sit actually on the field and it's just it's a different experience to sit there and not be surrounded by a bunch of you know old timers and they had cheerleaders well, a lot of ballplayers have cheerleaders. Tumbler, a lot of, yeah, tumbler, a lot of them have like those. Like doing dance routines. Yeah, well, and I, I don't, don't remember seeing dance routines at other places. Yeah. <laughs> I see, like, you see the, you know, the shooting the hot dogs into the stands sure. or the t-shirts, but... No, they were dancing in the aisles, and they were, it was a little bit... It was like a, tacky. you know, like a Paul Abdul video. Yeah. But, and look, we've, we've gone eight minutes and haven't discussed, you know, the, the big attraction of of uh, uh marlins park and i'm not talking about the 2.5 million dollar home run sculpture in center field that never goes i'm talking about the good old miami nightclub that they got in left field yeah that's crazy the clevelander with with topless dancing girls and cigar women walking around with with uh with boxes of cigars and cigarettes like it's the you know like it's the 1920s and and a pool that that uh, bikini girls are swimming in it is Wow, it is it is quintessentially Miami out there. South isn't Florida, it? baby, South Florida. It is it is a party. I mean, after the game, doesn't matter who won or lost. The music goes on, the lights go out, and people are just laughing and having a good time. Sure, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I, I we we talked a lot about that in our Marlins episode of the Clubhouse podcast, so we won't bore you with that and and go over our thoughts on that yet again. So uh, I think we're gonna wrap this one up. Uh, I can't remember actually. I have not listened to my rounding third episode of the uh, Marlins uh, Park, I actually think I, I ended up not being able to interview anybody at that park. Yeah, I didn't actually find any Marlins person because everyone that was sitting around me were either Red Sox fans or Brewers fans. Like, there were no Marlins fans. I didn't meet a single Marlins fan that I could talk to at the park. And, um, they, have, and they have two World Series. Yeah. It doesn't victories. really make a lot of sense to me. And they were established in what year? 97? And they have... Two no, no, no. 97 was the World Series, so 92, 93. I do want to disclaim... The Florida Marlins. I want to disclaim that none of my bad feelings about Marlins Park has not... None of it has anything to do with the fact that they beat the Cubs. And oh, no, like, no, no. Nothing, I wouldn't even have thought about that. No, yeah, okay, that's not even a... That. Yeah, absolutely. That doesn't even have to be said. It's, it's objectively speaking, that ballpark is just not... Great. Um, are there awesome parts about it? Absolutely. Food, yum, yum, The food's yum. great. Yum, yum, food. Yum, the carny side of me does kind of dig the Clevelander just because of the of the absolute wackiness of it all. Um, it's 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 interesting is what we'll call it. But um, with that, we're going to shuffle you on to listen to the Rounding Third podcast about uh, my experience, my first experience stepping foot in Marlins Park. So uh, we will see you next time here in the clubhouse. We're going to take just a brief break so that Anthony and I can tell you about our first giveaway. I have a 2016 baseball stadium's wall calendar for sale through TF Publishing. They're available at amazon.com, calendars.com, as well as your local Meyer Big Lots, Stop and Shop and more. I'll include all this info about how you can purchase one of my uh, calendars at my website, roundingthird.net. But for now, Anthony has a very exciting announcement to tell you all about. 
So uh, we're gonna have our first giveaway. It's a giveaway contest. Here, it's very simple. Uh, we are always looking for more trivia questions to ask our our guests for the for the game that we play at the end. Um, so if you have any cool trivia questions about your favorite team or about any team that you love or anything, send them to us, please, at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at clubhousepod. And we will look through those. And if we wind up using one of your questions, we will give you a free signed wall calendar. And it will be signed by Manish, who was the photographer. He will sign the Detroit Tigers, Comerica Park picture. And I will sign the Wrigley Field picture because I am a diehard Cubs fan. So send us your questions, please. And uh, good luck. If you are a new listener to the Clubhouse podcast, welcome. For more great baseball conversations, please take a look at our archives, like our chat with Tony Award-winning composer Tom Kitt. In this clip, Tom reveals that his father was actually a minor league pitcher with the Yankees. My father uh, is a former professional baseball player. My father actually was drafted by the Yankees. My father has a lot of expertise and often will expound his, uh, his <laughs> wisdom for the for the game. But um, yes, but those are the kinds of conversations. And you know, if a guy's, if, if my dad, my dad was a left-handed pitcher and threw in the in the upper nineties, and he was a starter. But if he's going and he's feeling good, let the guy throw. Absolutely. Know, because at the end of the day, your best pitcher, righty lefty, is going to be a better matchup than a weaker guy who 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 might have a curveball advantage. You know. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Rounding Third with Manish Jain. Today's episode, Marlins Park. <laughs> you know, um, this is one that I was I was anticipating for several different reasons. Um, it's the newest ballpark in the country, and we've all lived through the turmoil of the Jeffrey Loria years here in Miami. And, you know, I don't want to get too deep into the Jeffrey Loria saga. Um, I'm sure most of us are painfully aware of it. There have been plenty of articles written about it and plenty of people on TV yelling about it. But uh, for the uninitiated, just a quick primer. Marlins owner Jeffrey Loria used to own the Montreal Expos. Now, for those of you who are saying, I didn't know Montreal had a baseball team. Well, they don't anymore. In 2002, in a somewhat controversial move, uh, Loria sold the Expos essentially to Major League Baseball, and uh, they relocated to Washington, D.C. to now become the Washington Nationals, which, look, I will say I was living in D.C. at the time, and I was very happy for D.C. to get a ball club, although I wasn't very happy for Canada to lose a ball club. Um, after he sold the Expos, he went ahead and bought the then Florida Marlins, now Miami Marlins, and you know, he had success. He won the World Series in 2003, and you know everything was all fine and dandy, but he then subsequently pretty much sold all of his players, um, and then when the time came for them to build a new stadium, they went to the public, as oftentimes uh, uh, owners will do, and you know the figures that you're going to read out there are... I, I don't know what to believe anymore. You can see a couple hundred million dollars of public funding. You can There's projections of a couple billion dollars over the next X amount of years that are going to be paid through public funds. But at the end of the day, it's a lot of public money that Loria got to build this new Marlins Park. And, you know, this was a place that I was excited to check out because much like Camden Yards in 1992, I feel like Loria had the ambition to build the next generation of ballparks. You know, I've talked about Camden Yards a little bit on this uh, podcast so far. And, you know, 
it is the the standard of the quote unquote new ballparks. But I realize, you know, it's it's been over twenty years. You know, nineteen ninety two is a long time ago. So it's time for a new new generation of ballparks to pop up. And I think Loria thought that this was going to be the new wave. And for the next 20 years, we would be putting Marlins Park up there with Camden Yards as the one that everyone else borrowed from. Um, (laughs) Now, I'm sure if you can tell by the running time of this podcast that um, I actually couldn't find one person to interview about this stadium. So this is going to be a short one today. Um, (sighs) Where to start? You know, from the outside, it looks like a spaceship. I don't know. <laughs> There's no other way for me to put it. It looks like a spaceship from the outside. I'm really trying to stay positive. I'm trying to find something nice to say about all these stadiums. But, you know, these guys are really making it hard for me. Um, you know, once again, for those of you who don't know what Loria ended up doing after putting all that money of, of uh, taxpayer dollars into the stadium, he subsequently, the following year, took all of his players and shipped them up north and uh, basically sold them all to Toronto. So at this point, the Miami Marlins have a payroll that some of us might be able to afford to buy. Um, you know, the the last bastion of hope for them is this young kid, Giancarlo Stanton. Um, but, you know, when you've only got one superstar on your team, it's pretty easy to pitch around him. So he's not really been able to do very much. And, you know, there's frustration mounting in Miami. And I understand why now. Uh, when I went down there, it's located in Little Havana. And, you know, another thing that... I think the Marlins organization wanted to do was to try and incorporate a more Spanish culture and really kind of uh, uh, take advantage of the of the large Hispanic population that lives down in Miami. Um, I will say there's phenomenal food. I mean, I'll give them the, the I had a press Cuban, but I'm pretty sure I could have eaten any number of things there and had a really nice meal. Um, the people there are fantastic. You know, the people that actually work in the ballpark, I, I had some great chats with and, you know, they're trying. Um, but you know, in my last podcast, I talked about the ownership over at the Tampa Bay Rays and everything they're doing to try and bring people out, you know, despite having a winning team on the field, they're still not filling the ballparks in Miami. They're not filling the ballpark, but it's for justifiable reasons. You know, their, their owner took their money essentially and ran with it. You know, he's not doing a good job of of putting butts in seats because, from an outside observer, it doesn't look like he really cares. Now, look, I don't know what it's like to own a major league baseball team. I'm not here to judge. I'm sure it's ridiculously complex and difficult. But it just it if he would just come out and explain himself a little bit, maybe I would understand. It just seems like he's making some of the most worst decisions, some of the worst decisions, excuse me, um, that I've ever seen. Um, the 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 park. On the day that I was there, it was Giancarlo Stanton's first day back after uh, staying out for about a month uh, on the DL list, and the park was empty. You know, I know that they claimed that there was about thirteen thousand people there, but I mean, if there was more than eight nine thousand, I'd be shocked. Uh, not only is the upper deck completely, you know, tarped off, but the middle deck was virtually empty. Um, you can actually check out on the website. I took, uh, I snapped a couple of photos of the loneliest man in baseball and uh, where it's basically one gentleman sitting in, I'm assuming, I, th- I believe it's a 200 section. It's, it's the section in the outfield. Maybe it's 300. I'm not sure how they number them, but it's, it's one man in a sea of empty seats. And it's, it's kind of perfectly sums up the Miami Marlins organization and their park. Um, 
you know, the people that were sitting next to me down by the first baseline behind the dugout there, nobody was from Miami. They were all either on vacation or um, there were a couple of people that I met that were actually on their own versions of baseball tours spread out over several years. But that's who really I was meeting. I wasn't really meeting any local Miami fans or just even Marlin fans at all. Um, there was a group of kids sitting next to me that actually, ironically enough, um, way down in Miami had gone to my rival high school back in Kalamazoo, Michigan, which was kind of a weird, uh, coincidence. But even these guys were saying that, you know, they won these tickets, I believe, or either they won them or they got them for free. Somehow they were able to get these tickets and not pay for them. And so they figured, all right, if it's free, we'll head down there. But they had never paid for a ticket to come down to Marlins Park. Um, they saw no reason to. You know, uh, one of the kids played baseball in high school, you know, loved baseball. But, you know, for a lot of these people down there, they don't want to support a team that basically turned their back on their city and, and fleeced them so badly. So I don't know. I mean, like I said, the food is tremendous. And, and the part, like the diamond itself, I actually really enjoy, you know, uh, watching a the game there, if they would just open the roof, which not something else I'm going to get to in a minute here, but, but before I get into that rant, cause I really am trying to not be negative, be negative. And, and it's very, very difficult. Um, unfortunately, you know, I've had such an amazing time in all the ballparks that I've been in, even in Tropicana, which as I think, as I mentioned in a, in a domed stadium, which I'm not a big fan of. I still had a blast. I really still had a lot of fun. There's a lot of cool stuff to do there. But, you know, I don't know if this is just preventative measures because the Marlins know they're not filling the park, but there's literally nothing to do inside that stadium. That's it. There's nothing to do. Um, You know, for baseball nerds like myself, we're going to sit in our seats and we're probably not going to leave from first pitch to final out. So there really doesn't need to be any bells and whistles. But let's face it, for 81 home games, you can't just rely on us baseball nerds to fill the stands. You got to attract the people who are coming out for a social event, people who are coming out to just enjoy their night at the ballpark who may not want to sit for two and a half, three hours and watch every single pitch. And for those people, there's no reason for them to come to Miami. There just isn't. You know, there's no batting cages that I could see. There's no fast pitch that I could see. I mean, there's no Hall of Fame. And I understand it's a young franchise, but you've got two rings. I mean, you've got two rings in, what is it, 97? So in about 15, 16 years, you won two World Series. I mean, Hall of Fame or not, you should have some type of, of exhibit there to show off the success your, your franchise has had. Be proud of it. You know, all that I saw was, you know, stores that were shuttered. You know, it looked like an abandoned city, basically. It looked like a ghost town. You know, it wasn't just the upper decks that were empty. Even on the main concourse, several of the stores were shuttered up because there was no reason to keep them open. There's not enough people there to to spend money. You know, I, I like I said, the field itself, you know, the, the, the play on the field, I, I enjoyed. Um, you know, it, it's a colorful stadium. And, and if they could just, if they could fill it, I think it'd be a fun place to watch a ball game. But when I say fill it, by the way, I don't mean sell out. I mean even twenty, twenty five thousand. I think it could be fun. Um, as I mentioned, you know, they did for this game. They did have the roof closed, which that was a bit frustrating. Um, you know, coming from Tampa, I, I understood. Look, they've got a dome; it's not retractable. But here in Miami, it's a retractable roof. You should be able to open this roof. 
On the day that I saw a game at Marlins Park, it was slightly overcast, but there was very little chance of rain. I believe it was about 86, 87 degrees. I mean, look, it's humid. It's hot. I get it. Open the damn roof. What are you doing? You know, I don't understand this. If it's a little bit muggy out, we're going to go ahead and close the roof and blast the air conditioning. I understand that it might be convenient and might be comfortable for those who have to work there, but... I'm sorry, and I really do mean this. It's not about you who's working there. It's about people coming out to the ballpark. And I honestly felt like, and it wasn't just me, by the way. I understand that maybe, you know, hey, Manish, you're you're the dummy here. Nobody else cares. Everybody else wants to be comfortable. Stop, you know, complaining. The very few people that were sitting around me, every single one of them agreed. It felt like we were watching a high school baseball game or an exhibition game. It didn't feel like real baseball. And that has nothing to do, this isn't a knock on the play on the field, by the way. This has nothing to do with the actual play on the field. This is just the the environment inside this ballpark. It felt like an exhibition game. It didn't feel real. It's not just not having the sun out above me, but I don't know. It was just, it, it didn't feel like baseball. You know, the fact that I did, I walked around for, for a couple of hours and I tried chatting with as many people as I could and I tried very hard to find not only just a Marlins fan, just someone who regularly came to the ballpark. And, you know, I met families who, once again, were, were given either free tickets, comp tickets, or or um, were given very cheap tickets to get to the game, which, look, that's great, obviously. I mean, if, if you know, if you got a bad team, then what do you do? You, you comp tickets, you get free tickets, you try to get butts in seats any way you can. I mean, if anything, that's actually kind of exciting to me. If you're in a ball. And if you're in a city that where the team may not be doing as well, and let's say you're not necessarily a fan of that team, so you don't have any of that heartbreak or depression if they're doing poorly, that seems to be the best of both worlds then because you can buy cheap tickets and come out to the ballpark. But much like Tampa, you know, where Miami is located from a traffic standpoint, it is just, I'm sorry, where the stadium is located, it's just, uh, it's impossible to get to, to the game on time. And so even if you did want to kind of go catch a game after work, you'd have to leave around 4, 4.30. Um, so I don't know. I mean, as I mentioned in the last podcast about uh, with uh, Tampa, the people of Florida need to figure something out. You know, I don't know if it's, if it's just too many snowbirds. I don't know if it's just the fact that they are, both Tampa and uh, Miami are so young. You know, they haven't had the time to establish a, a loyal fan base, but... You know, in Tampa, at least, I saw, I met people that were passionate about the Rays. Not just passionate about baseball, but passionate about the Rays. And they had some, you know, some valid reasons as to why they weren't able to come out to the ballpark. Um, I understand not wanting to support this team because of Jeffrey Loria. I get that. And I'm not mad at you. And if that's, you know, if that's how you feel, then then I support you. You know, I've been blessed that, for the most part, the owners that have uh, uh, had my, my own personal favorite teams in all the sports have been... Uh, pretty good, you know, over the years. Uh, I've, I've got Mike Illich for the Detroit Tigers who, you know, for years he was the world's best uh, owner for my uh, my Red Wings. But now that he's dedicating his time and effort into the Tigers, I just, I, I couldn't be happier. So I understand, well, I guess I don't understand, but I can empathize if, if you've got an owner who you can't trust. Um, which just brings me to the fact that I don't know what these fans can do because this owner built a stadium that is not worthy of his fan base and his fan base isn't even there. So that's saying a lot. 
you know, I wanted to find something nice to say about it, but aside from the food that I ate there and the employees that I met there, which they were, you know, the employees were, were wonderful. Um, I don't know. I'm mean, like, if you're a baseball fan, look, go check it out. It's, it's a cheap ticket. You'll be able to get seats pretty much either behind home plate or wherever you want, really, for, for relatively cheap. So there's no reason if, you, if you're not a Marlins fan, you know, if you're in Miami, go check out a ball game. But for those of you who live in Miami, I'm sorry. I, I really am. Um, you know, I'm going to keep thinking about ways to maybe figure out a way to, to I don't know. I'll, let me, you know, I'm going to think. I want to I want to do something to help you guys out, but I just don't know what that could be. You know, you got a couple of young kids that that I would be excited about, but you know, just like you guys, I'd be I'd be wary of of getting attached to anybody because you never know when Lori is going to go ahead and get rid of him. You know, and I really do. I don't mean to bash Jeffrey Lori here. I really don't, and I say that after spending what is it now about fifteen consecutive minutes saying some pretty bad things about him. I I, I honestly don't mean to say this I, I wish him all the best and and I would love to be able to to do something to help out that team um you know like I said it, it must be incredibly difficult to be an owner but maybe he just needs some outside help now maybe he just needs someone else to, to give him some advice because what he's doing right now isn't working and the people of, of Miami they deserve a good ball club they deserve a good experience they deserve better so, I don't know what else to say, you know. You can check out the uh, the website, ronnythird.net. You can see some of my photos of of, of the park and, and, you know, decide for yourself. You know, go on down there and, and check out a game. Um, like I said, you should, you should be able to get good seats. Um, I'm sorry that this is the first one where I wasn't able to get an interview. You know, I really tried hard, but I just couldn't really find anybody that, that wanted to sit down and talk uh, Marlins baseball with me. This is a stadium that, you know, it needs some work. Um, you know, there's plenty of look. There's plenty of open space for them to build some new stuff or to create some sort of, of positive environment. But until the fans start coming out, I'm not sure if they're going to even have the money to be able to invest. Uh, it's kind of a chicken or an egg type of thing. You need to make some more attractions to bring out some of the more casual fans. But the casual fans aren't going to show up as long as. There's nothing to do. So the food was great. <laughs> That's what, if you're looking for a good meal, uh, head down to Marlins Park. Um, you're going to eat some some wonderful, wonderful Cuban food. Um, you know, if you do go down there, make sure you go and, and chat with some of the vendors and chat with some of the ushers because they are some lovely people. And look, they got nothing but time because it's not like there's people waiting behind you in line. So you can really... Get to know some of the folks that work down there at Marlins Park, and and they're good people. Um, but yeah, there's really nothing more I can say about this this park. Uh, next up is Turner Field, which I'm I'm looking forward to. So hopefully that's going to be a little bit more of an exciting podcast for you guys to listen to. As always, you can check out the site uh, at roundingthird.net for information about my travels and write-ups about the stadiums, a little more expanded uh, uh, thoughts on on my time at each of the stadiums. And uh, follow me at roundingthirdmj on Twitter. You know, I'm, I'm still having a blast on this tour, and, and I'm looking forward to the stadiums that I got left. Uh, hopefully this is just a minor bump in the road. So uh, join me next time as I continue to round third. 
heading for home. The home base for the Clubhouse podcast is the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse located at 67 East 11th Street in New York City. Seriously, folks, this is without a doubt my favorite baseball spot in the country. From the baseball-inspired artwork on the walls to the one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale and the amazing baseball fans that are just hanging out on the bleachers inside the store, this place is the best. If you can't make it into Bergino's in person, please visit bergino.com and pick up a gift for your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, really anybody in your life, or even just yourself. If you can make it in, make sure you mention the podcast and you'll get a free bag tag with any purchase. You can follow Anthony and I individually at RoundingThirdMJ for me and at AlbinoKid for Anthony. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.